that is giving you the illusion of self-control. You are able to predict the outcome of, oh, I'm going to overeat this and I'm going to feel bad instead of I'm not going to eat this and I don't know how I'm going to feel. So it gives you that false sense of control when in reality you're in control the whole time. You're in the in control the whole time. And so don't allow that prediction of what you want to happen overrule the logical decision making that you have. There. Welcome to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. Self-sabotage. Raise your hand if you've done it raises both raises hands. hands. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about it. Let's talk about why we do it and how we can stop or do it less or handle those situations better. Self-sabotage is something everybody struggles with on occasion. And I think a lot of times it's kind of amplified because we don't know why. It's like, why am I doing this? Why is this happening? Why am I doing this again? I don't get it. So let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think a ton of people understand, like they know that they're doing it. Like I've had clients say like, I know I'm self-sabotaging. I just don't know how to stop. And a lot of times what people talk about is I I feel out of control. When I start self-sabotaging, I feel out of control. I, I'm really irrational about making decisions and they can identify People are really good at identifying what what it is they're doing, but a lot of people really struggle with wrapping their brain around why they're doing it. And what some people don't understand is like when you don't understand why you're doing it, that just perpetuates the cycle because then you get guilty for doing it or you feel shameful of... Yeah, you feel broken. Yeah, and you feel like there's something wrong with you when in reality there's not. And I think that that is something worth considering especially for this podcast is we have a lot of clients that listen to our podcast and a lot of people that are on their fitness journey that listen to this podcast. And I've had clients say like, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I do it anyway. Why is that? And sometimes it's hard because we don't always have the answer what that answer is. But I like to tell my clients that the reason why you self-sabotage is because it allows you to predict an outcome. Mm -hmm. That is giving you the illusion of self-control. You are able to predict the outcome of, oh, I'm going to overeat this and I'm going to feel bad instead of I'm not going to eat this and I don't know how I'm going to feel. So it gives you that false sense of control when in reality you're in control the whole time. You're in the in control the whole time. And so don't allow that prediction of what you want to happen overrule the logical decision making that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, a situation that I see it in a lot is when somebody hits a new low on the scale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's that anxiety and the unknown wrapped up in that of, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Is it going to go down again? Isn't it going to go up again? And there's the uncertainty there. And you kind of create a little bit of certainty for yourself by going off the rails. And then you can kind of reasonably predict what's going to happen. You're going to feel like crap and the scale is going to go up. Most likely. Exactly. And it makes sense. 
it makes sense. But once you know better, you can do better. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know why you're doing it, then you don't know how it can get better from there. And so a lot of people feel like there's this sense of not being able to control their decisions. When in reality, it's like you can. Now, once you know better and you choose not to do better, that's where it gets to be a little bit of a slippery slope. And even those have reasons why that's happening. It's kind of like a self-protective coping mechanism because uncertainty is probably nobody's favorite thing. Not exactly knowing what's going to happen next and feeling like you have no control is nobody's favorite thing. So it's a kind of protective mechanism, as I said. That said, it's the practice of pausing in the moment. And a lot of people don't, they kind of know on some level, but also not entirely until either they're done self-sabotaging. They're like, oh, I did it again. Or they're in the middle of it and they have a moment of, why am I doing this? And we can get there and kind of stop it at the pass by pausing for a second, zooming out, analyzing, and then deciding, and this is something we've talked about before, but it's something that bites people in the ass all the time, is that people don't actually decide what they're doing a lot of the time. A lot of the time, it's just reaction, 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 instead of taking a pause, thinking about what you want to do, and then actually deciding to do something. Yes, I fucking love that you brought that up, because a lot of people, they are very reactive in their situation. And there is so much power in that pause of being able to stop and take a deep breath and say, okay, first of all, what am I feeling? Yeah. Because a lot of people, when they self-sabotage, it's a result of them feeling out of control. And that result of feeling out of control comes by because a lot of times people are feeling like it is a feeling of being out of control. Feelings are not facts. So if you feel like you're out of control and you want to regain control of a situation and you know that if you overeat, you're going to predict that outcome of, oh, I'm going to overeat and I'm going to feel better in the moment, but I have to deal with that aftermath. And they already know what that aftermath is because chances are it's a cycle. So they know they're going to get on the scale. They know it's going to get up. Like it's going to probably go up and they know that they're going to be disappointed. And that that is going to be a lot more challenging to sit with. And it's going to be a lot more challenging to feel, to have to sit in those heavy feelings than it is to brush it under the rug and pretend like you don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I see too is the, well, I've never been successful before. So why would I be now? Subconsciously, a lot of the time. And that's where the predictable outcome of, of course, I'm not going to succeed. I do this every time. Of course, it's not going to last. Yeah, it's another predictive behavior that Mm -hmm. people pick up on. And one thing that's really hard is sitting and dealing with your shit. Oh, yeah. It is hard. And self-sabotage usually comes with, like you said, that feeling of the unknown, or it comes from being really stressed out in everyday life and you're not managing your stress well. So instead of managing your stress, you're self-sabotaging. And when that happens, we get conflicted in this war between ourselves where it's like, you know what to do, you know, you should be doing it, but why are you doing it? And the other side of you is saying, well, no, I didn't under I didn't expect this to happen. So I'm just going to react. And when you become reactive towards things, that is never going to get you to where you want to be. We have to take a step back and we have to be logical. And here's the deal. Like, I'm going to get a little nerdy here. You have to be in a logical headspace. 
Now we have two different systems within our central nervous system. We have our parasympathetic nervous system and we have our sympathetic nervous system. Our sympathetic nervous system is that fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. The parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest, which is the digest, which is recovery. And so many people are spending their time in this fight or flight mentality. And they're not understanding why they're making these rash decisions. And it's because that fight or flight nervous system, that is in control. And the amazing thing about our nervous system is that the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system cannot work together at the same time. It's either one or the other. Think about a lion chasing a gazelle. If you were that gazelle, you are not thinking about having babies while a lion is chasing you. You are in that fight or flight mentality. You are in that sympathetic nervous system. You do not get out of it until you realize that you are safe, until you realize that, okay, I'm safe. I can rest. I can digest. A lot of people don't realize like when they are incredibly stressed out, a lot of people start to have digestive issues Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of digestive issues, whether they can't go to the bathroom or they have a hard time going to the bathroom. And usually in those high stress situations, that is the reason for digestive issues because you are running on your sympathetic nervous system. Now, if you've ever like gone in and gotten a really good massage, like if you're listening to this and you've gotten a good massage and all of a sudden, like your tummy starts to grumble and you're like, oh, what's happening here? It's because your body's relaxing. Your body is shifting into the parasympathetic nervous system where it's rest and digest. That's why when people go on vacation, they feel so much better. They have better bowel movements. They have better, sometimes better nutrition choices because they aren't stressed out and tired. So really like understanding the science behind it is super important because you have this fight or flight response and you have this rest and digest response. And so you can't be in either one at the same time but you're not going to be in a reactive state in the parasympathetic nervous system. The parasympathetic nervous system is also rational and logical decision-making because you're not being reactive. You're able to take a step back and you're able to analyze your situation. But when you're in your sympathetic nervous system, who gives a fuck? I'm going to react because that's all I know how to do because I'm stressed out because my boss is a dick. No, not Beth. Beth is not a dick. <laughs> your boss, you listening to this, <laughs> you're you're dealing with house stuff. You're dealing with children. You're dealing with busy lifestyle and you're on the go all the time. So a lot of people, when they are on the go all the time and they're living in that fight or flight response, they are unable to actively make a logical decision. So taking a step back, finding the power in that pause, taking some deep breaths and shifting into that parasympathetic nervous system, shifting into your logic is going to be your best bet of not self-sabotaging, getting yourself into a place where you're managing your stress to where you feel like you are in a safe place to make a decision on your own. You're in a safe place in your own mind. And that is what is important. And that's going to be how you help with getting rid of that Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-sabotage. Exhale. (laughs) Parasympathetic nervous system. (laughs) It's so fascinating. And it's so good, though. You know, and you mentioned the the rest and digest. And I just saw a reel from <laughs> the Tactic Nutrition Girls this morning. And they were kind of chuckling about like people coming to them talking about, you know, dealing with a lot of stress and not sleeping. And they want to remove like dairy and gluten because they have digestive issues. And Meredith was like, 
okay, I can understand that, but stress and sleep are what's going to help you. In most cases, of course, there's intolerances and allergies and all of that. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about general people who don't need to start removing food groups. They just need to practice getting themselves into that parasympathetic nervous system and relaxing, fucking relaxing. And a lot of this stress, love our listeners, a lot of the stress is self-imposed. Worrying about the minutia instead of focusing on the big rocks. Worrying about all this little data that doesn't necessarily matter, like blood glucose and heart rate during walking and never delegating any tasks and never asking your people around you for help and, you know, examining your work situation and your boss situation and your daily schedule and taking time to think ahead and plan and stressing about being perfect instead of just trying to be consistent in certain things and acting, this is a big one too, acting like when your life is going up in flames that you have to be absolutely doing everything and refusing to accept that effort and output exists on a spectrum and you can dial it back sometimes if you need to. And like all these other things that just they don't really matter in the grand scheme of things unless you have a very specific thing that we have to work on. But general population, like chill out. Exactly. (laughs) Practice the basics. Something else I think that's worth mentioning too, and we know all of our team BFF peeps are not doing this, but make sure what you're trying to do is reasonable. One of our challengers said something this past week that was kind of like, yes, so many people are doing this and they don't even realize it. And she said, you know what? I have realized that all these years I was not actually self-sabotaging myself. I was just fucking hungry. (laughs) I was just making myself eat so little and then you know, looking from the outside in, it's absolutely no surprise that you'd go overboard because you're forcing yourself to eat so little for a couple days in a row. And then you're like, screw this. I can't stick with this. And then you just go off the rails. And then absolutely no surprise. This is not an uncommon thing. Shouldn't be happening, but it's not uncommon. And this is the reason self-sabotage happens is the fact that what you're trying to do in the first place is not sustainable or make any sense in the world. And I think a lot of times that's what people are experiencing is that they're not actually self-sabotaging, really. Not really, when you get down into it. What they're trying to do, what they're trying to stick to is just simply unnecessary extra restriction. It's not sustainable. They're eating way too low calories. They are removing food groups for no reason. They are trying to exercise six days a week, seven days a week. They're not sleeping, etc. 100%. And I think that it's really interesting because Again, like when you're super stressed out and you're creating stressful situations for yourself, like you're you're self-sabotaging in that moment mm-hmm. by not taking a step back and breathing and saying, "Okay, hold on, where am I at?" If you know, if you're the type of person where you can start to notice that you're reactive cuz I I'll admit, I used to be a very reactive person. Oh, and same. yeah. I used to be a very reactive person. I used to get triggered all the time. And in reality, like I was getting pissed off and reactive over shit that you can't control anyway. You can't control the fact that your boss is an asshole. You can't control that. So why are we going to stress over it? Instead, do something about it. Take a step back, write in a journal or something, write it down or call a friend to verbally process that shit or dance around your living room. Like I've read, I think I've mentioned it to you on on the podcast before, the the book Burnout. Mm -hmm. And it's about the secrets of ending the ending the stress cycle. And when you actually complete the stress cycle, you shift into your parasympathetic nervous system. First of all, 
when you want to end the stress cycle, you have to move. (laughs) You have to move. That is how the body keeps the score. That's another great book. You have to actually move through those emotions and you have to sit and you have to feel them because if you don't, you're going to end up eating them and that's not going to get you close to your goal, right? Mm -hmm. You can dance. You can ugly cry. Like one of my favorite things to do to relieve stress is to literally cry as hard as I can, snot, tears, whatever. I will cry about shit and then I'm over it Mm -hmm. because I've done the work of allowing myself to feel the uncomfortable feelings and move through those and focusing on what I can control. I can control how I respond to stress. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know that some people might listen to this and this might tick some people off, but like, if you are a constantly stressed out person and you just don't know what to do, you're your own worst enemy. If you sit there and you say, I, I can never manage my stress, then you're, you're not going to see progress. I'm sorry to say it, but if you don't learn how to get a grip on at least knowing how to complete the stress cycle, you're not going to get far because these are just going to be issues that are going to keep coming up and that are going to continue to sabotage your success. And sitting in the discomfort is such a hard thing. And that's where self-sabotage and all these unhelpful coping mechanisms like emotional eating, stress eating, alcohol, shopping, sex, whatever it is that people go to to try to numb themselves, that's the problem. <laughs> like we're doing a another 28-day challenge with Team BFF right now, which is going swimmingly and it's going to be over by the time this is released. But we've had a lot of talk about feeling the feels. You have to feel them. You have to let them run their course. You cannot just numb them all the time. That is not helpful. (laughs) That is why it festers and then it bubbles up and then it comes out at a very weird time. And you're like, why am I so mad about this stupid little thing? You aren't. You're mad or frustrated or upset or embarrassed or feeling guilty about something that happened three days ago that you never felt. You never allowed yourself to sit with it and figure out what you're feeling, why you're feeling it, and what you need. Yeah. And some of the stress that a lot of people feel, I mean, are really valid for the most part. There are some things that people are stressed about that are very valid. Like, for example, like one thing that I used to do from like my past where I was very reactive and I had to actually learn how to not be reactive is I had to do something about my current situation that made me uncomfortable and really was a hard thing to do. And that was, and I'm not going, I'm not saying like go out there and end all of your relationships, people. Please don't do that. (laughs) That could be very difficult for you. But one of the things is, is one thing that a lot of people don't recognize when they are stressed out about like the same shit different day is you have the power to make a choice. We all have a power of choice. And You have the power to reflect and see what in your life is creating stress that you don't have to deal with, like unnecessary stress. And a lot of coaching is geared towards women. There are a lot of women that prefer to be coached. And so one of the things that I hear a lot is I need to get their kids ready for school. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. And sometimes those people are married. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of people come to realize is they are putting extra mental load and extra responsibility onto their plate that needs to be divvied up between the two of them. I've had clients for years where it's like, oh, my husband, he comes home, but then I'm watching the kids while he goes and does his run and then he comes back and then I have to have dinner made. Well, when he gets back, why don't you go to the gym? Oh, well, because I need to make dinner. Why can't he make dinner? Or whoever your partner is, whatever type of partner that you have. And 
I hear a lot of like, oh, well, I just prefer to have it this way. Something's got to give. Yeah. Something's got to give. Sometimes the house has got to be a little bit messy if you have to go get your workout in. Sometimes you're going to have to lean on your partner and say, listen, I want to go to the gym. I need you to watch the kids. And if your partner is like, no, no, I don't feel like it. Like your, your partner isn't a babysitter. They are a partner and they're not babysitting their own children. They are taking care of them so you can go take care of yourself. Because if you do not prioritize yourself, you are not going to show up as the mother and the partner that you want to be. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, all these assumptions that people make about like, well, how can you leave your kids in daycare and go to the gym? Like, how could you leave your kids at home and go do this and and that? And it's like, did you ever stop and think that maybe they are a way better person and mother because they did that and gave themselves that time and filled Mm -hmm. their own cup and actually did something for themselves for once and like offloaded some of the responsibility for like a freaking hour <laughs> so they can go do something and then come back and be the best selves that they can be. Like it doesn't have to be either or all the time. I mean, it should be a partnership if you're in a partnership. Oh, yeah. It should be working together and something has to be compromised, whether it is yourself or working with your partner to figure out a way to make it work so you can all succeed in what you want to succeed in. It's not impossible. And like those conversations can be really difficult, but they have to happen. And sometimes you got (laughs) to put your foot down, maybe not necessarily right out the gate, depending on the situation in the conversation, but like stand up for yourself. And I see this in corporate too. I have two clients right now who I want to shout out. They have made some incredible, massive strides in being okay with putting themselves first for once. And they, I mean, they changed jobs to make their lives better. Was it easy? No. Did they like their other job? Yes. The one of them was like this. I miss it. It was my favorite thing to do. I loved it. But it was draining me dry because of all these other things. And she's like, I had to make a change. And I did it. And I'm like, you should be incredibly proud of yourself. (laughs) You better be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we're all creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. We all have, you know, these fears of either letting ourselves down, letting our families down, letting people down in general. And a lot of times that kind of gets in the way of the rational decision making, that fight or flight, that sympathetic Mm -hmm. nervous system is ready to go and it's ready to tell you all these things that you're not going to be able to succeed in to where you become reactive, where deep down I've had people say like, I know I need to change jobs. I know this. I just can't. And it's like, well, why can't you? Not not that people should just do that. But like when when I say, why can't you? I say it in a way of like, okay, well, why, why can't you do that? Like what is inhibiting your ability to do that? Let's think about it. Let's let's walk through it. Let's see what this looks like. What would make you happy? What is it about your job that is stressing you out? Can can tasks be delegated to other people? Make life easier for yourself. Like I think a lot of people also get caught up with this idea that they have to overperform and go above and beyond when in reality like a lot of employers aren't going to do that for you. And I've, I've had people say, like, my boss doesn't care if I step away for 10 minutes and go for a walk. So why can't I? <laughs> I'm like, I don't then know. Why do can't it. you? Let's talk about I it. can do it. Yeah. And if your boss does care that you take, God forbid, five minutes for yourself in the middle of the day, then there's another conversation that needs to be had. But 
Point being, there are ways that you can set up your life to make those hard things a little easier. It is hard. Changing your lifestyle is hard. We've talked about this before on the podcast, but I'll say it again. Changing your lifestyle is hard. Creating new habits is hard because we've been doing the same thing for 25 years or whatever it is, even though we know it's not working and we know it's dysfunctional. It's familiar. It's comfortable. We know. We can predict an outcome. outcome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. That was literally perfect. (laughs) But it's so true. Like, it's hard to change these things, but it's so empowering and so worthwhile. And I, I had to remind somebody recently, like, a lifestyle, and thank James Clear for this one, a lifestyle is not an outcome. It's a process. I love that. I love that. And it's so true. I mean, people, when they think, oh, I'm going to change my lifestyle, they look at it in the sense of like their fitness and their nutrition. Mm -hmm. When it is so much more than that, it is how you live your life. It's how you live your life. And one of the biggest things that I did to create a healthy and sustainable lifestyle is look at what a lifestyle encompasses. That is my physical health. That is my mental health. It's my emotional health. It's my spiritual health. It's my my financial health. It's it's all of that wrapped up into one lifestyle is the is the word, not fitness and nutrition style. It's lifestyle. Yeah. That includes getting enough fucking sleep. That includes drinking enough water. It includes fueling your body with nourishing and nutrient-dense foods. It means that you are speaking up and advocating for yourself or your family or other people that you may care for. It is about making sure that you are looking at all aspects of your life and saying, what is going to help me determine who the best version of myself is and how can I make that change? Because if you don't, like you're again, predicting that outcome, you know, that if you stay comfortable And you know that if you go into the cabinet after a long day of quote unquote being on track, you know that if you take one look at those chocolate chip cookies that are either in your pantry or on your counter, you know that you're not going to have just one. You know that you're going to want to eat the whole thing. And you know that you're going to feel like shit after that instead of sitting and doing the opposite, sitting and dealing with your feelings and figuring out where is this coming from? What stress is in my life that I need to deal with? for me to keep moving forward because a lot of that self-sabotage comes directly from stress because self-sabotage is something that comes from your sympathetic nervous system. So making sure that you are feeling and dealing with that is going to help you take a step back, pause, take a breath and shift your mindset into that parasympathetic nervous system that can rest and digest and make logical decisions and have more educated opinions about things. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's so important to make sure that you do that because if you don't, you're just going to be caught in this cycle of, I don't have enough self-control. I don't have enough willpower. I'm not disciplined enough. I'm not motivated enough. Like, fuck that noise. Figure out what, what shit you're not dealing with and fucking deal with it. Yeah. One of the things I told our challengers last week was like, this nutrition and exercise stuff, when you boil it down, it's really freaking simple. It's actually pretty easy. People don't like to hear that, but it is actually kind of easy. It's the emotions. It's the things that happen in everyday life that make our emotions go nuts. And then we don't deal with them. We try to numb them. We try to make them go away. And then it's a shit show. It's not the fitness and nutrition stuff. Not really. No, no, because 
-hmm. It is not easy to sit with heavy emotions that you are repressing and deal with that shit. It is not easy to sit back and be like, oh shit, how did I get in this situation? Because in some instances, you're going to have to take accountability for your part. And that's hard to fucking do. It's hard to be like, oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe there's something that I'm doing that I can improve on so I don't self-sabotage. Maybe that is managing stress. And so some good, some good ways to manage stress. And this is something I like to include in like my own client check-ins because my clients sometimes think I'm crazy. So I literally have to like put this in there. Like there's a reason that I'm asking these things. What are some ways that you want to deal with stress this week? And I have them listed a big old ugly cry, creative expression, whether it's dancing, whether it's journaling, whether it's art, whether it's something that's going to calm you down. Like, let's say you like to paint, maybe it's painting possible assault into a pillow, like Mm -hmm. screaming into a pillow and punching a pillow, really good stress relief, going for a walk, going to the gym, making sure that you are shaking it out, jumping up and down, shaking it out. That kind of goes in in tune with that, with like the dancing and stuff. It is physical movement that helps end the stress cycle. If you think about it, it's kind of like a possum and and hear me out on this. (laughs) Hear me out. A possum, when approached by a predator or a threat, they play dead. Well, when possums realize the situation is safe, they get up and one of the first things that they do is they shake it off. And what a lot of people don't realize is that is the possum ending the fucking stress cycle because it's moving, it's shaking it out. It's it's the same thing that like that any animal really does, any mammal where- My cats do that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Once once you realize like there's no more, there's no threat, threat is gone, they shake it out and they end the stress cycle. But us humans don't always do that. People drink, people doom scroll on social media, they watch TikToks until 2 a.m. or they they have, you know, substance abuse issues, or they they take it out on their family, they become reactive. So the more that we are able to understand why we need to complete the stress cycle is the same understanding that we need to realize why we are self-sabotaging. So stop trying to predict the fucking outcome and start taking better care of yourself by ending the stress cycle. Start taking care of yourself by pausing. Take care of yourself by questioning yourself. Get curious. Get curious about why you do things and feel and deal. Sit down, feel your feelings and deal with them. Deal with them. <laughs> deal with them <laughs> they will come back to bite you in the ass alright everybody thanks for joining us this was a good one we were like talking for 20 minutes before and then we're like probably record okay and then we just kind of woo I love it broken a little mini tangent there thanks for listening guys <laughs> alright everybody talk to you later same time same place see ya bye I love you bye Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Dude, that was so good. That really was. <laughs> <laughs>